Okay, everyone, I am back at it again. I really want this podcast to truly reflect an active relationship with God. As a result, I must be honest and say that an active relationship with God is not void of hardship, affliction, and not so good days. If you decide to walk with God, please do not expect every day to be picture perfect. However, your perspective will determine how you will respond to your stormy days or rainy days. It is the adversary's job to make us feel as if a cloudy day or several stormy or rainy days represent the end to all sunny days. However, allow me to put my science teacher hat on and explain that clouds and rain indicate a change in weather. A weather front is a boundary between two air masses. When cold air is approaching an area, it is called a cold front. The cold air comes rushing in like a flood and it displaces the warm air. The temperatures drop drastically. Now, we all know that warm air is going to rise because warm air represents an area of low air pressure. So, as this warm air with a low density and a low pressure rises to the upper reaches of our atmosphere, it cools and condenses to form a cloud. Now, the size of the clouds and the intensity of the rain will be dependent upon the amount of warm air that is rising in the presence of condensation nuclei. A cold front is characterized by heavy rain and severe weather such as thunderstorms. Now, the opposite of a cold front is a warm front. A warm front brings warm air and is characterized by light rain and scattered showers. A stationary front is called a stationary front because you have two air masses that are standing still. You basically have a warm air mass on one side of of the frontal boundary and a cold air mass on the other side of the frontal boundary. The air masses are facing each other very similar to the line of scrimmage in a football game. You have the cold air mass standing there saying what you're going to do. And you have the warm air mass on the other side saying, well, what you going to do? And so the two air masses are just standing still, causing periods of continuous rain. Now, the advancement of a stationary front as a warm or a cold front will be dependent upon the weather parameters that surround the two air masses. Either will advance as a cold or a warm front, or the two air masses will basically dissolve into each other. An occluded front brings cold air rushing into an area. As a result, the warm air that rushes up may start to spin in the middle of a frontal boundary to create a cyclone or what we know as a tornado. In either circumstance, after the rain, be it light, heavy, or severe, the clouds will eventually disappear and the sky will become clear. These mechanisms of energy transfer in our atmosphere drive the water cycle and the cooling of our atmosphere. Somebody look at your neighbor, if you have a neighbor, wherever you are, or look in the mirror or say it to yourself, take me higher take me higher. See, we would never experience good weather if bad weather did not occur. 
The low pressure systems that are associated with weather fronts, rain, and storms make way for high pressure systems. High pressure systems are associated with clear skies and sunny weather. We love high pressure systems. See, whenever we have an area of high high pressure, the air is dense and heavy. So instead of the air rising and cooling, it sinks and spreads out. This weather lesson also relates to life. We need rain and storms. Without them, nothing on earth would grow. But remember, after the rain and after the storm, God takes you higher, just like that high-pressure system, if you are willing to allow him to push you down and disperse you. <laughs> Let's move on. When I started to write this episode, I did not know what to name it. However, a vision popped in my head. It was a vision of me as a little girl sitting in church and watching the choir march in. My dad was a St. John Baptist Church adult choir member when I was a little girl. Back in the day, the choir was not all color coordinated. Everybody wore a choir robe. You know, the choir robes with the big sleeves and the crosses on them. (laughs) Today, I know the women that have heart flashes will probably leave the choir if the choir director said he or she was going to bring back the choir robes. Now, don't get it twisted. It was not just the role. It was the way they walked in together, swaying from side to side, singing in unison. The procession represented unity to me. I mean, I would just get excited when they came in. And out of everybody in the choir, my dad had the most distinctive voice. And my favorite song was this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. (laughs) So I started to name this episode Step in the Name of Love, but then I thought, no, I do not want people to drop their listening device and start stepping on it. Then I thought, well, Shanna, they were not stepping. I started to name it Hut 234. Then I said, girl, you're a fool. I mean, they were not marching in. They walked in together. However, it was the way that they walked in that stood out to me. They walked with confidence. So I decided to title this episode, Walk It Out. Do it how you do it. Go on and walk it out. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today with thanksgiving in our hearts, Lord. Thank you for the good days. Thank you for the bad days and those in between. But most importantly, thank you for the ability to walk it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, there are several stories in the Bible that parable individuals walking with God or walking with the Lord. However, I decided to use a very familiar text because I found it to be more instructional. Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to read verses 22 to 32. I will be reading from the New King James Version. Starting at verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. 
Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a ghost? And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Amen. I found Matthew chapter 14, uh, verses 22 to 32 to be very informative. I felt that the text provided several instructional tidbits on how to walk it out with the Lord. For those of you who like to take notes, go ahead and take out your notebooks. I want you to label your notes with a bullet number one. And we're going to look at verse number 22. So looking at verse number 22, it states immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross over to the other side of the sea. Beside bullet number one, write follow directions. Sometimes we must humble ourselves and follow the instructions or directions that the Lord gives us. Here in the text, the disciples did not question or argue with the Lord. They got back into the boat. See, the disciples were nothing like my kids. I mean, I have to be transparent. My kids ask a whole lot of questions. I know if they had been on the shoreline with the Lord, they would have questioned the Lord to death. (laughs) Or not to the cross, I shouldn't say that. But I can hear my four-year-old saying, Jesus, why are we taking a boat over to the other side? Can we take a spaceship or a rocket ship over to the other side? I can hear my 10-year-old following. Jesus, did you get snacks for our boat trip? I can just see the Lord looking for the rod. Then my 4-year-old would have asked, Can I call my cousin or one of my cousins to come on the boat ride with us? And then I can hear my 10-year-old chiming in, oh, yeah, we can turn this into a party boat. (laughs) Followed by my 4-year-old, Jesus, did you clean the boat? It smells like fish. My mama said fish bring roaches. (laughs) And together, will we have Wi-Fi on the boat? See, the disciples would have pulled off on my kids, (laughs) paddling that boat. However, the disciples were nothing like my children. They got in the boat without questioning the Lord. 
See, there was a reason why the Lord wanted them in the boat. See, sometimes God will place you in the middle of a situation so that he can reveal his all controlling power. And yes, I said you. Sometimes he will place you. Bad credit, GED having five kids, no baby daddy, homeless, broke, busted, disgusted, troubled kids, single parent, promiscuous girl, receding hairline, one leg, no teeth, molested as a child, abandoned by your family. I was raised in the hood or the trailer park, stuttering, no grammar, having self right in the middle of a situation so that he can show that he is in control, not man. If we look at verse number 24, but the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. In your notes for bullet number two, I want you to write, it is okay to be in the middle. Now, let's move on to verse number 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. See, sometimes you have to leave the scared folk on the boat. See, I want you to go ahead and label your next bullet, number three, and I want you to write, Leave the scared folks behind. <laughs> okay? Like that family member that is super big in bed, but if a book were to fall off the shelf and hit the floor, he or she would be the first person in the closet on the phone with the police whispering. <laughs> that person. See, some people are afraid to walk on water. They will never speak up and speak out against social injustice. Or even on a smaller scale, some people will never speak out against the wrong that they see people doing. It's a known child molester bringing the juices and chips to the family reunion somewhere right now. When I was a teacher, it amazed me at how messy some of my female students were. However, it is a learned behavior. My mother was not a messy woman. She supported other women. She even supported her haters. They took her advice and ran with it. It's amazing how some things are passed on from generation to generation. Some leaders are even messy. I mean, they call Kanye crazy. However, he did say that the people high is up have the lowest self-esteem. Some people will continue to trust in man more than they trust in God, just to be a part of the who's who club or the most elite in their community. See, some of us, while you're sitting around waiting to be around someone with a big bank account, you need to be around somebody with a whole lot of faith because in the last days, that money is not going to get you to the kingdom of God. See, some people waited around for others. Some people wanted to be a part of the who's who's club. However, not Peter. See, there was something special about Peter. See, Peter had periods of weakness. However, he also had periods of great strength. He was a very human apostle and he also had common sense. See, even after Jesus spoke, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Peter said, I'm, I am not scared, Jesus, you know, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, I am not scared, Jesus, but let me make sure it is you. Peter said, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. Now, why would Peter say, Jesus, tell me to come to you walking on water? Because Peter knew that only Jesus could do the impossible. We have a science lab in space called the International Space Station. 
Active laboratory experiments are conducted in space on a daily basis. The Artemis mission is determined to land the first female and the first person of color on the moon. Researchers may have possibly developed a molecule that can inhibit the stress management pathway of cancer cells so they self-destruct. Humanoid robots are set to tow your illegally parked vehicles. Joey Chestnut ate 76 hot dogs in 2021. He holds the record for eating the most hot dogs in the world in one setting. With all that being said, a man has yet to walk on pure water. Pure water has a density of one gram per milliliter. A man walking on water would defy gravity. For bullet number four, right, but God. Peter knew that God could do the impossible. The impossible is God's chance to work a miracle. When Jesus told Peter, come, Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. But when the storm started raging, Peter became terrified. For bullet number five, write, do not be quick to judge. Stop and be honest with yourself. Did you judge Peter at this moment? Did you say, now, Peter, why are you terrified? When in actuality, we all become terrified at periods in our life, when we're in the middle of a storm, when the wind and the waves are raging in our lives. However, as I stated before, I love these verses because they are instructional. Bully your notes number six and say shout for help. Once again, Peter displayed common sense. When he felt himself sinking, he shouted, save me, Lord. See, I had my first eye surgery when I was about six. While riding in the car with my mom and dad to MCV Hospital in Richmond, Virginia, I was very calm, cool, and collected. However, when the nurses and doctors came into the room to wheel me away from my parents, something just came over me. I was stricken by fear. So I looked up at my dad and I said, Daddy, are you praying for me? He said, I am. When I looked over at my mom, she seemed very calm. I mean, they were just rubbing my hands and rubbing my head as if the people were about to wheel me off to the death chamber. So something just came over me in that moment. So amid the doctors and the nurses prepping me for surgery, I started calling on the Lord at six years old. I started yelling, help me, Lord, help me. Please, God, help me. Help me, Lord, help me. And then my daddy shouted, it. Call on them. Call on them. The nurses were looking around as if they were afraid. A custodian stopped mopping the floor and lowered his head to pray. And my final memory was my mom waving back and me shouting, help me, Lord, help me. The next thing I knew, I was woken by my dad's voice saying, you made it. You made it. <laughs> I just smiled because I was still a little drowsy from the medication. See, after Peter shouted, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. 
saving him immediately. Somebody say immediately. See, some of us are in the middle of something right now. God is calling you to walk on water. However, you refuse to get out of the boat. I have learned that you cannot walk it out unless you walk it out with the Lord on your side. My single parents who are raising children alone walk it out with the Lord. The first year school teacher who is afraid of the unknown walk it out with the Lord. You just lost someone who was dear to your heart and grief has you stricken. Walk it out with God. The cancer is back. Do it how you do it and walk it out with the Lord. You were manipulated and used and talked about. Still walk it out with God. Go to college even if you were not a scholar in high school. Do it how you do it and walk it out with God. You are tired and you think you are not going to make it. Walk it out with the Lord. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me, Jesus said? Do it how you do it. Come on and walk it out. You may be terrified. You may be afraid. However, he placed you in the middle of the storm. And on top of that, he created the storm. He placed you in the middle of the storm to show you how to walk it out with him. He placed me in the middle of a storm. And guess what I'm going to do? I am going to walk on water. What did you think I was going to do? However, I need you to follow my lead and walk on water too. Break that generational curse. Start that business. Raise those kids to the best of your ability. Make that move. Get on YouTube and launch that cooking show. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. Step back in the boat and do it how you do it and walk it out. Walk, 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 walk it out. The storm wasn't created to break you. The storm was created to make you. In Jesus' name, amen.